This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Blue Talks. I'm sitting on the hallway floor at Step 74th in New York City when I feel a reverberation in the air. I look up and Judith Jamison glides by. At this point, she's no longer performing and she's become the artistic director of the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. Her long, elegant legs and elegant, regal posture are even heightened from my low position on the floor. She exudes embodied presence and grace. I immediately straighten my spine. The way she carries herself has an instant effect on me that I can still feel in my body 30 years later. As she continues down the hall, I see the awe in the other students' faces and hear their excited whispers as they realize who they just got to see up close. I don't know about you, but I want to have that kind of impact when I walk into a room. Whether we're carrying ourselves regally like Judith Jamison, or we're slumped silently in a corner grieving, or we're shaking with rage, fake grin plastered on our face as we try not to explode, we constantly transmit our energy to others. But most of us aren't conscious about what energy we are transmitting. I aim to change that. I'm Marie Elizabeth Molly, relationship transformation expert and two-time TEDx speaker who also has a master's degree in Chinese medicine. I help women, leaders, and couples cultivate deeply loving and connected relationships that support them in being more powerful in the world. We affect each other at an energetic and physiological level all the time, whether we know it or not. Studies at the University of Colorado at Boulder have shown that when people watch an emotional movie together, their breathing and heart rates synchronize. And when an empathetic person holds the hand of their partner who's in pain, their pain level goes down, and their breathing and heart rate synchronize too. In fact, the more loving and empathetic the connection was before they touched, the lower the pain. Imagine having the strongest and most stable nervous system of any room you walk into so you can invite others to entrain with you for their benefit. I mean, this is what the speakers are doing here today. Each of us is inviting you to entrain with our energy as we share our ideas with you. 
The thing is, most of us, myself included, are too whacked out on a given day to transmit a stable and strong signal. This makes us at effect of the environment around us. Instead of being at cause with an internal locus of control, which is a much more powerful way to live. As a person who tends to be high-strung, I've had to learn a myriad of ways to calm my mind and stay centered in dangerous conditions. Like when I was scuba diving in the Galapagos and photographing hammerhead sharks, my air supply started to get low before I hit the three-minute safety stop and could safely surface after that. So what I do in a situation like that is I count to six on my inhale and eight on the exhale, because extending your exhale longer than your inhale has a calming effect to the body and the mind. My partner, Patrick, has the more naturally grounded and stable system between us. So on any given day, if I'm bouncing off the walls, all he has to do is come sit next to me and I start to come back to center again. I don't rely on him to do this on a regular basis because it's my job to ground myself, not his. But I'm so glad that he can do this for me in a pinch if my own system gets overwhelmed. We are bombarded with time distractions, attention distractions, so many pulls on our attention in so many directions all the time. And many of us tend to live in our heads. Our bodies tend to be like a car that just drives around this big overthinking brain. Speaking of cars, just last week, I was getting out of a lift at Columbus Circle, but we weren't pulled all the way to the right. And the light changed as I was getting out of the car and the car next to us honked and the driver was glaring at me through the window. I said, espera. And she said, cállate la boca, estúpida, as she drove away. You know, I've so been there. I felt for her. A second delay in being able to accelerate, sending her into attack mode. That interaction reminded me of how I don't want to be and how important it is to take responsibility for our nervous system on a daily basis so we can make choices that lead toward love and connection instead of hatred and rage. Many of us aren't taught how to read and interpret our internal operating system. This system lives deeper than the mind in the body, and which it's always communicating the truth of our experience through bodily sensation. Learning to cultivate our embodied presence allows us to have a bigger impact in the world because we're connected to the truth of what we're feeling and we're able to communicate that truth to others. Just like Judith Jamison embodied her presence as she walked down that hallway at Step 74th and every time she danced on stage. Learning to embody your own presence allows you to move from effect to cause in your life and from reactivity to agency. When we don't embody our own presence, we tend to yell out the car window at people. And we also tend to overcommit and do too much because we're not connected to how maxed out we actually are. This can lead to burnout 
and lowered productivity at work. And it also reduces the ability of teams to work well with each other. At home, if you're not connected to what you're feeling in your body on a daily basis, you may blow up over dropped socks and then wonder, why did I do that? If you're not connected to impacts that you feel emotionally and you shove those hits down day after day, it's no surprise that you end up blowing up at your loved ones when the pressure gets too big. Instead, learning to feel what you're feeling and have permission for that and communicate it skillfully gives others permission to do the same with you. They can get okay with who they are because you're okay with who you are. The way you do this is first begin noticing what you tend to hide. At home, how often do you say you're fine when you're not? Because maybe you don't want to be weak or looked at as too sensitive. But your sensitivity is a gift in a world that tries to deaden it. And so by sharing your sensitivity with others, you're actually giving them permission, if they've disconnected from it, to reconnect and open it again. At work, how often are you honest about what your capacity actually is? When you're honest about your capacity, it benefits everyone at work because you can deliver top-notch work and contribute to a more compassionate and connected culture in the workplace. How often do you get triggered in your community but you don't want to be kicked out so you don't say anything? Communities grow stronger when they work through conflict together and learn what each member needs. So by speaking up in a self-responsible way, you're actually benefiting the whole. Now, I'm not saying to go out and punch everybody in the face with your truth after this talk. That's as big a recipe for disconnection as withholding it is. Instead, remember to do your part to create a culture of connection. First, practice getting present. A meditation practice is great for this. Another quick way to get present is to look around and to yourself, name three things you see. Listen and name three things you hear. Tune into your body and name three things you feel. Describe the taste in your mouth and the scent in the air. This can be done in under 30 seconds and grounds you in your senses and your body so that you can be in the present moment. Next, do your part by following these four steps. Number one, when you get activated, pause. Something someone said or did touched a nerve and you got activated. Take a minute to figure out what just happened. I suggest taking a time out, letting the person know you'll be back, and then leaving the room. By the way, the bathroom is a great spot to take your time out because people tend to leave you alone in there. The reason why you want to say, I'll be back, is if the other person has any kind of abandonment stuff, if you just storm out, it's going to trigger them, and they're not going to be very receptive to you when you get back from your time out. The purpose of your timeout is not to rehash the upset or develop an ironclad argument with which to crush your adversary. It, instead, that timeout 
is for you to tend to yourself, to bring your nervous system down, to ask yourself, what just got activated? What belief or fear is getting hit right now? Feel underneath the upset and find the tender place that got touched. Next, ask yourself what you want. What you want might either be something you have to tend to within yourself. Once you figure out what got activated, you'll know, is this something I need to tend to in myself or is there a request I need to make of the other person for them to do or say something differently? Once you figure out the story that's attached to your activation, very often the other person doesn't actually have to do anything differently because it's your story. However, you might have a request you need to make to feel more connected with them again and so that you can feel like you're on the same team. It can be hard to ask directly for what you want. It's so much easier to slam someone for doing something wrong than to face a possible no. But asking invites them into a deeper connection with you, which is where true love lives and breathes. Third, either reframe your thinking or make your request. Once you've figured out what got activated and you figured out if you need to tend to yourself or make a request, it's now time to think about either reframing your thinking or releasing that story. You gotta ask yourself, how else could I look at this situation? As my friend Sheila says, if it's hysterical, it's historical. And that's why you gotta look at, is there an old story that's actually making me feel this way right now? If there's a request you need to make, without blame, name what got activated and ask for what you want. In other words, share your steps one and two, what you figured out. For example, when you didn't respond to my text for over 24 hours, I felt like I don't matter. Next time, please shoot me a quick text letting me know you'll reply later because you're busy. Basic structures like this. When you did blank, I felt blank. Next time, please blank. If you want reassurance, ask for it. If you want a behavior change, ask for it. If you just want to be heard, say that. If they say no, it's a chance to have another conversation through which you can discover a solution that works best for both of you. Lastly, give thanks. You can thank yourself for being willing to take care of yourself and look deeper into what activated you. You can thank the other person for listening and responding. You can thank the situation for revealing something that you needed to see. So today we've covered the importance of being present and feeling what you want at home, at work, and in your community. We've talked about the importance of carrying yourself, how you enter a room. It matters. If you want to have a bigger impact than you're having now, work on embodying your own presence. Remember to align yourself with your wants and needs so you can better advocate for yourself and make clear requests of others. You can care more fully for them when you advocate for yourself and you're also showing them how to love and care for you better because you're being real. And remember to do your part to create a culture of connection by remembering to pause, ask 
yourself what you want, either reframe your thinking or make a request, and give thanks. For those of you who want to have those better relationships, like Crystal talked about, I invite you to download my Rock Your Request template, which is located at rockyourrequest.com. This template walks you through how to make effective requests that tend to be received and acted on with pleasure. And they're a great complement to the four part steps you learned today. When we do our part at home, at work, and in our communities, we can move from a culture of reactivity and polarization to a culture of belonging and connection. Podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.